Let's look in Genesis starting in uh, chapter 39, verse 19. It says, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. That's where we started, uh, left off last week. Here's where we begin this week, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Okay, so this is not the first time that we've read this. Right? Actually, if we go back to before Joseph was even sold into slavery, we see that this is a common thread with Joseph. It says that the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Remember, Joseph was the favorite of his father, Jacob. And he was put basically in charge of his brothers. He was given that coat, right? that, that, that coat of nobility, that richly ornamented coat that said, you don't need to work, but I want you to go check on your brothers and make sure that they're working. So he was a favorite and he was in charge of his own brothers, right? And how did he handle that? Not well. If you remember, if you go back, if, if we go back to our notes, he was a tattletale. He came back to his dad and said, dad, they were doing this and they were doing that, right? Not well. And what we need to understand, y'all, and wrap our arms around is when we are going through something, God is doing a work in us. And we can see here, and we can even see in Potiphar's house, when Joseph is put in the same circumstance and situation, he handles it differently. Why? Because God is changing him. All right, when he gets to Potiphar's house, he's the favorite. He's put in charge of everybody and everything, but he doesn't go and tattletale. He manages his position well. And now here he is in prison. Things have gone from bad to worse. Yet he's the favorite and he's in charge of everybody and he handles it well. He has success just like he did in Potiphar's house. But listen, y'all, it's one thing to be a slave in charge of other slaves in a house. The Bible actually calls this house a palace, okay? So Joseph, even as a slave, might have been living better than some free men, all right? So he's, but it, it, that, that's one thing, but it's a whole other thing to be a prisoner in charge of a prison or in charge of other prisoners, right? In a prison, in the, <coughs> excuse me, the Bible actually calls this prison a dungeon, right? I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, Dark Knight Rises with Bane, right? Uh, you think you're in charge. You know that guy? I don't know. Have anyone seen that? No, there's this, there's this prison that they're in and it's down in the ground. It's, 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 it's in the ground. And that's what I think about when I think about this prison that Joseph's in. It's dark. It's dank. There's no windows. There's no natural light coming in. It's this, it's this dungeon of a prison. And think about this, y'all. Let's not glance over how insane this is. Joseph, a prisoner, is put in charge of other prisoners in the entire prison. The warden has no more worries. He says, here you go. Joseph, here's the keys to all the cells. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a walk. I'm going to go home early today. You got this? Cool. That's crazy. That is lunacy. If that story came on the news today, it, it, would, it would be front page news. Warden gives prisoner in charge of the entire prison. Right? That is nuts. But here's the even crazier part. And listen, every aspect of Joseph's life, there's, there's just insane instances 
one after the other. Every, time, every week that we talk about Joseph, there's going to be a point where I say, here's the crazy part, all right? Because Joseph, he's just amazing. He's so amazing. And here's the crazy part of this, right? He is given full charge of this prison, and he doesn't try to escape. He stays in the prison. Listen, if Andy Dufresne is in charge of Shawshank, all right, and the warden says, here you go, he's going to go over to Morgan Freeman and say, let's go, dude, we're going to Zemontaneo, whatever it's called right now. We're not going to wait for me to dig the tunnel and crawl through the you know, human waste and all that stuff, and I'm going to have the moment in the rain. We're just going to go now. We're going to escape because we've been given the keys to this prison. And Joseph doesn't do it. Have we thought about that? He stays in prison while being in charge of it. Why? Because he trusts God and because he knows that the safest place to be is under God's authority, more so than even outside of prison walls. And so he chooses to sit under God's authority, even if it means staying in prison, when all he has to do is take the keys and go and walk out. Sitting under God's authority is more important. Trusting God's plan is more important. And so he stays. I don't know about y'all, but that's pretty challenging to me. Psalms 46, starting in verse 1, says, God is our refuge and strength. I'm going to read that again. God is our refuge and strength, not an escape. He's always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Okay, this is what the psalmist is saying. God is my refuge. So go ahead, oceans, roar. Uh, mountains, go ahead and tremble. Fall into the sea for all I care because God is with me. He is my refuge. He is my strength. And if that means me sitting in prison, that is okay. Because God is my refuge, not the trap door to get me out of here. And so many of us, when we're facing something hard, instead of understanding that God is our refuge, we're trying to escape. Here's the thing, y'all. We've already escaped. We have already escaped. Jesus died on the cross to allow us to escape sin and death and hell. It's already there. We don't need to look for the door. We just need to sit still. And understand that God is our refuge. And Joseph, in that moment, with the key in his hand, said, God is my refuge, not this set of keys. So I'm going to sit under his authority. I'm going to allow him to be my strength. Go ahead, oceans. Go ahead and roar. Go ahead, mountains. Tremble and fall into the sea. It's nothing compared to God as my refuge and strength. It goes on to say, a river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. You know why the city that God dwells in cannot be destroyed? Because God dwells in that city and nothing can destroy God. When we turn our lives over to Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, y'all, and we cannot be destroyed. Do y'all hear that? Some of y'all really need to hear that right now. You have the Lord Jesus in you. You can't be destroyed. 
I hope that's getting through. Verse uh, verse 8. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Here it is, y'all. This is it. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Joseph was still. He was still and he knew that God was God. Remember where Joseph was. He was in Egypt. He was in a dungeness prison in Egypt, a place that did not worship God. Worshiped other lowercase g gods. Most powerful country in the entire world. Biggest army. All those things. And in that moment, Joseph said, I'm going to be still because I know that you are God. A lot of times we miss out on, on, the, on, the, on the works of God because we're just too busy doing other things. We're not sitting still to see the show. God's saying, watch what I can do. Okay, God, I'm going to watch, but I'm going to do all this other stuff too. No, no, just be still. Just, just watch. Just wait. Every time we watch a movie with our daughters, they're at that age where they're going to ask a question every 10 seconds about the movie, right? Like, what is going on here? Why is he doing that? Blah, blah, blah. Just watch. Just, I, I've never seen it. I don't know. I've never seen it. We have to watch it together. And I promise you, the movie will, will tell itself how it's going to happen. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, what about that guy? What about that guy? Like, yeah, just watch. Watch. <laughs> I think God's saying, just watch. Stop asking these questions. The story's going to unfold, y'all. It's going to unfold. Stop asking about this, that, and the other. Just be still. Oh, for the love of God, be still. <laughs> Sorry, I struck a chord with myself there. <laughs> God's saying, relax. And I want to say that to some of y'all, honestly. Relax. The story will unfold. God has it under control. The script has been written. So rather than trying to ask a million questions and missing the beauty of this movie, this story that God is unfolding, let's just sit on the couch with our popcorn and enjoy the show of God who is our strength and who is our refuge. Amen? So the next three words of the next chapter of this story of Joseph make the fact that he is able to sit still even more incredible. Because as much as we get fired up in church and, you know, we talk about all this stuff and we clap and all those things, sometimes it doesn't still go the way that we want, right? Genesis 40 starts like this, starting in verse 1. These three words. Sometime later. Oh, man. I wish it didn't say that, but it does. Not almost immediately, not within a blink of an eye, not just the way Joseph wanted it to happen, but sometime later. Joseph was still for a sometime later. I don't know how long that is, but my rule of thumb in the Bible, anytime it talks about time, we can probably double or triple it, you know, because it's always longer than we want. Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in the prison where Joseph was, in the palace 
of the captain of the guard. They remained in the prison for quite some time. There it is again. Sometime later and now quite some time. And the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph who looked after them. You want to pour a little salt in the wound of Joseph? Can we just pause for a second and remember who the captain of the guard is? That it's Potiphar? That Potiphar is saying to Joseph, hey, can you help these guys out for me? And you know what Joseph's saying? Yeah, I can. Even though you threw me in prison and knew that I didn't do it. That's being still. That's being still. But he does. For some time later, Joseph had all the time in the world. Remember, this is a dungeon of a prison where there is no light. And you know that when there's no light, time just begins to crawl slowly and slowly. And he could have just spent that time not sitting still, but taking his own little spoon or whatever and starting to dig and dig and dig like Andy Dufresne. But he didn't. He sat still even for some time later and also even for quite some time. And that's not even the end of it. We'll get to even more of that next week. (laughs) There's a teaser for you. Um, But Joseph was in prison, but God's presence trumped the actual building. It trumped where he was. He didn't try and escape because, listen, y'all, he had everything that he needed right where he was. The Lord was with him. That's all that he needed. And that is all that we need. And so he didn't try and escape this prison. Reminds me of another story in, in Acts chapter 16. Let's read that, starting in verse 16. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. So these owners of this girl, this slave girl, who can tell fortunes, get mad, not because of the theology and the doctrine that Paul and Silas are preaching, because they just affected their money. This one was making them money, and now Paul and Silas stopped it, and they're mad. And so here's what they do in verse 20. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Falsely accused, thrown in jail for not doing anything wrong except setting a slave girl free. And now here they are in prison, and there is a guard there specifically assigned to not let them escape. And do they try and escape? No. Why? Because the Lord is with them and that's all that they need. So they start praying and singing hymns. And I don't know what those hymns were, but when I think about today, what those hymns are for us, what those songs are for us sound a little bit like, it may look like I'm in prison, but I'm surrounded by you. 
It may look like I'm in prison, but I'm surrounded by you. And just over and over again, they started singing this song. And what happened? The people around them started listening. And God filled the room. And he was with them. And listen to what happens here, y'all. Listen to what happens. Verse 26. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. Now listen, I'm no expert in earthquakes. Thank the Lord Jesus, we don't have those here. We got enough other stuff going on. But I never have seen a news report of an earthquake somewhere else in the world and them saying, all the watches of everybody fell off their wrists. You know, everybody wearing anklets, if those are still a thing, fell off during this earthquake. Like that's not normal. Walls falling maybe and all this other stuff, but, but shackles around your wrists just poop coming off because of an earthquake. That's not normal. But God was with them. And an earthquake happened. And then it goes on to say, the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. Rightfully so. If, you don't, if you're not chained and the doors of your cell are open, you're going to leave. And let's remember that almost, I would say, everybody in this jail, they're, they're not worshiping Jesus. Paul and Silas are. They're the ones that bring him in. These other guys, they deserve to be there. They are criminals, all right? And so he assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself, but Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here, all of them, not just Paul. Don't worry, Paul, we're still, the two of us are still here. No, 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 everybody is still here. Even the ones who didn't even know who Jesus was, before Paul and Silas entered that prison, were still there. They weren't looking to escape either because everything that they ever needed was in that prison with them. They had found now their refuge and their strength and that ever-present help in time of trouble. And it wasn't an open jail cell. It was Jesus. So what are we looking for? Are we looking for an open jail cell? Are we looking for a way to escape our situation? Or are we able, in the moments that we are in, to sit still and worship, not just on Sunday mornings, but every other day of the week, and say, God, you're all I need. You are all that I need. And so I'm going to praise you. Go ahead, oceans roar. Go ahead, mountains tremble. It may look like I am surrounded but I am surrounded by you. The Lord of heaven's armies are with me, in me. That is all we need, y'all. It's all we need. If we can get to that place, oh, the things that God will do. Stop looking for a way to escape when he's given you everything that you've ever needed. Jesus says in John chapter eight, verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Darkness can look like all sorts of things. It can look like a jail. It can look like fear, anxiety, worry, stress, a broken marriage, children who have turned their back on you, whatever it might be. Jesus says with me, you don't have to walk in darkness. I've given you the light of life. So it doesn't matter what's surrounding you. My light will shine through you. And this is where 
in the story, I'll be honest with you. Joseph gets on my nerves a little bit here. Like, are you just showing off now, Joseph? It's a little much. Because it says in verse 5 of Genesis 40, it says, While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and the baker each had a dream one night. And each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Here's, here's what gets me. Verse 7. Why do you look so worried today? He asked them. What kind of question is that, man? What do you mean, why do I look so upset today? We're in prison. The most powerful man in the world was mad at us. We don't even know what we did. And he threw us in here. We don't know when we're getting out. We don't know when we're going to see our families again. And on top of that, we both had these weird dreams and we don't know what they mean. So why do we look worried today? Take a guess. But Joseph is so consumed with the peace of God that when other people are in jail with him, he has to ask them, why do you look so worried? That's amazing and a little aggravating, if I'm being honest. Like, come on, dude, throw us a little bone here. And how, oh man, how would the church look right now if we were able to look other people in the eye with that same sincerity, with everything that's going on in the world now and say, why are you worried? What, what's the problem? Don't you know that the Lord is with us and he is our refuge and our strength and the Lord of heaven's army is with us and that all we have to do is be still and that he'll show us that he's God? Why are you worried? Why are you worried? But instead... We're going, I'm so worried. I'm so worried. Why? Because I'm stuck in this prison. I don't want to get out. We sound more like the baker and the cupbearer than we do Joseph. Y'all, it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay. Worst case scenario, we go to heaven. That's it. That's the worst case scenario. But what we're called to do right now, I believe more than, more than anything else, and it's something that we're, we're doing here at Beaches Chapel, is just get out of the way. Just get out of the way. Let God move. Let him move in our services. Let him move in our homes, in our conversations. But please, let's just be still and start to revere God again and respect who he is and fear the awesome power of the Most High God who sits on the throne. I want y'all to just, just bear with me here for a second. Close your eyes and just bow your heads. And I want you to picture yourself on one knee bowed before God in heaven, whatever that might look like to you. And picture yourself in armor, whatever that might look like to you. And God saying, you are a soldier in my army and I have bought you at a high price. And you are on the winning team and you serve the most high God. Picture that for a second. Keep your eyes closed. Does that strike fear in your heart? Does that make you afraid and worry? Because it should not. Y'all can open your eyes. That is the reality of who God is and who we are with him. We have already won the victory in Jesus Christ. He has given it to us. We are soldiers in the army of the Most High God 
who reigns in heaven. We don't need to walk around in fear, even if that means that we are in a prison for quite some time. God is doing a work in us in that time. But we are protected by him. So rather than spending all of our energy and all of our time looking for a way to escape, let's instead be still and know that he is God and watch people come to us and not us ask them, why are you worried? But them ask us, what do you have that makes you not worried? And things around us will change. Things around us, I promise you, will change. I want to have the band come back up and we're going to, we're going to worship some more. And what I want to do this morning is change the atmosphere of our hearts. I want us to change the, our thought process that God is picking on us in some way by keeping us in this prison and instead start to ask ourselves, God, what are you doing in me in this prison? How can I draw closer to you? How can I sit more still and watch you be God in my situation? How can I, how can I learn more about how you are my refuge and you are my strength? God, teach me to sing songs of hymns and prayers and worship you as I feel as though I'm in these chains. God, do this work in me so that I'm ready for the next thing, so that I can affect people around us. God, forgive me for looking for an escape when I should have been looking towards you. Because listen, the, the, the reality is there's many of us in here, maybe you were put in prison and there, there's some, you didn't do anything wrong. You don't feel like you did anything wrong to deserve it, just like Joseph, just like Paul and Silas, but you're there. There's some of us that feel that way, like we've been put in a prison and we don't think we did anything wrong, but really truthfully, if we start to consider the things that maybe God will reveal that, yeah, you actually did. And then there's some of us that are sitting here and said, I, I put myself here. I'm willing to admit it. I put myself right here in this prison. You know what? It doesn't matter of those three categories, which one you are. The point is that you're there and God wants to do a work in you. And it begins by us letting go, sitting still, not looking for the escape and saying, God, you are it. And I'm telling y'all right now, he is it. And he is enough for you no matter where you are. He is not going to leave you. He did not send Jesus to die on the cross for you to just leave you in some hell or some, some cell, hell cell to rot. He didn't. He sees you and he has a plan for you and he wants to do a work in you so that you're, not, you're, you're like Joseph. You don't start as a tattletale at 17 and are the same way all these years later. He wants to do a work in you because you are a soldier in his army. You were bought at a high price and there are things that he wants to do in and through you. Mission team, there are things that he wants to do in and through you on this trip. He is, he is doing all sorts of work in all of us. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be the same guy I was a year ago. I don't want to be the same guy I was a month ago. And so if that means God is, is saying, here, you're going to sit here. I'm going to put you in time out for a minute. Because you've been trying to do it all your own and you need to learn that it's not your battle. And so you're going to sit here 
And you're going to learn what it means to watch me go to work. And that's what he wants to do for all of us in here. To go to work in your heart, in your mind, and in your life. So we're going to enter back into worship. So why don't y'all stand back up? And as we sing this song, this is how I fight my battles. I want you to, in this moment, take advantage and whatever that battle is for you, whatever your prison cell looks like this morning, whatever you're facing, whatever it might be, I want you to lay it before the Lord. Give it up. Give it up today. Stop looking for the way out and say, God, here it is. I'm gonna be still and I'm gonna let you work. And if you need to take a moment and just repent, do that. Take this moment right now and just say, God, I'm sorry. I've been trying to do it my own. And, and I haven't been allowing you to be God in my life. I haven't sat under your authority. I haven't sat still. And let's really let him fight our battles. Thank you, Jesus. God, we love you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are with us in all of it, every bit. You don't leave us alone in the prison cells. You're with us. God, I pray that you would teach us right now in the days going forward what it means to be still and to know you're God. God, that we would stop asking all these questions and just let the story unfold in front of us. And to rest, Father, to rest in the truth that you have it under control. Whatever that might be, Lord, you have it under control. And Father, for those that have been struggling, wondering that very truth, God, are you here? God, do you hear me? God, do you see me? God, this has gone from bad to worse and I just don't get it. Lord, I pray right now that you would deliver them from those doubts and those fears and you would remind them who you are you would remind them what you did and how you sent Jesus to die, to die for each one of us so that we would never have to feel alone or abandoned again. You're with us, Father. And yes, God, this is how we fight our battles.